Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome back. We survived episode one. We got a lot of great feedback and hope you guys liked it. Um, Today is our anxious kids and therapy episode. Um, So we're going to be talking about some signs um, that might show that your kid has anxiety and also some ways that you might be able to help them. Thanks for listening to our first episode and for all your positive feedback. We are so thrilled to just do this, go through this journey together and hopefully let the world know about some information and ways that you can best support your kids. So we are this episode when we were thinking about all the different topics that we wanted to share with you guys, this is one that was both came up for us right away. Um, anxiety is such a common childhood mental health disorder and it's just affecting so many kids. It's really come, become an epidemic and it's something that so many children are struggling with. We were just looking up the recent statistics and it almost 4.4 million children are reported to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and that's diagnosed. From the CDC. From the CDC, yeah. Yeah, We just know that this is something that's really, really affecting kids. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're really passionate about, and this is an area of specialty for both of us. Yeah. Um, So we're really, really looking forward to jumping in and, and sharing some knowledge about anxiety with you all today. Yes. We all have anxiety. Without anxiety, we wouldn't be motivated to complete tasks, to get where we need to go, and to signal our bodies when there is danger ahead. A life without anxiety would be extremely low-key, but it wouldn't be real life. Um, So when kids experience anxiety or worry, um, it can be a terrifying experience that really feels unfamiliar at times to them or uncomfortable. And anxiety gets a reputation for being pretty bothersome and unpleasant and just downright exhausting, which is true, but helping kids and families to learn how to manage these feelings is the ultimate goal. And teaching kids about the fight, flight, or freeze response is also teaching them about their brain and how that operates when they feel anxious. So that's really a great place to start um, as far as educating and treating anxiety in kids. And we'll get into that a little later after we review um, some possible sources of anxiety in kids and um, basically how we diagnose a kid with anxiety. Yeah, and I think one of the awesome things about anxiety, I know since we've even come into the field, Mm -hmm. is there is just so much new brain science information. And as mental health professionals, we're... It's cutting edge right now. I think this is a really exciting time to be in the field of therapy because we know even more about what's going on in the brain. And for anxiety, it can be really helpful to educate kids about the... We Most people know about the fight or flight, um, but recently um, there's been emerging research about the freeze response and teaching kids about their brain and how that operates when they feel anxious is a really great place to start to help kids um, 
feel more educated and to not feel like so anxiety makes you feel very disconnected from your body Mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't kids um don't really know what's going on and um so the more that they know as a parent the more you know and the more you help your child know about their brain that really helps them understand what's happening to them and that already starts to reduce some of the anxiety so we're going to talk about some of that as well yeah they'll just feel more confident more empowered more able to regulate themselves so it's it's kind of a win across the board um yeah so anxiety is it's kind of almost a buzzword yeah in society now everybody Mm -hmm. talks about anxiety so what are some signs that your child might be experiencing higher than normal levels of anxiety yeah so as therapists we use a big book called the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders so basically it's shortened for the dsm-5 they update it periodically you know so this is the fifth version um the most recent version and while personally i mean at least for Lauren and I, we don't, you know, put a whole lot of weight into the importance of these, you know, disorder codes, um, but they're often needed as a part of therapy and treatment for kids or adults. Um, So in order to bill for sessions through your health insurance, you know, a code is needed or to receive reimbursement for services. Um, Typically, you know, these codes are needed. So um, that's why, you know, diagnoses are, you know, flying around. And that's why in your chart, if you have a kid in therapy, you're welcome to, to, you know, receive that information and, and get that from your therapist. Um, so, yeah, just like when your kid goes to the pediatrician and is diagnosed with strep or the flu, um, these are some ways that, um, you know, they they do that. Yeah, I like to be really upfront with parents when I am seeing them, like, for an intake interview, like Mm -hmm. we talked about last week, that insurance does require that um, as much as therapists, we may not put a lot of weight or want to quickly label your child with an anxiety disorder. Insurance does require that we do provide a diagnostic code. And we'll talk some more about um, there are times when a kid does clearly meet the criteria in the DSM for an anxiety disorder, and it can be really helpful as a therapist as well to, I think we both agree that anxiety disorders and diagnostic codes are a very real part, a Absolutely. real thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the tricky thing as therapists is oftentimes we are required by insurance to give yeah. a diagnosis right from that first intake interview. And like we talked about, we can't become an expert in your child in that first 45 minute to an hour long intake session. Um, But it can also be really helpful to start to look at, does your child meet the criteria for an anxiety disorder? And we'll talk about what those criteria are because treatment can really vary depending on that Criteria. It's really helpful to know exactly what's going on for your child. Um, And there's certain techniques and strategies to address specific different types of anxiety disorders. So there's some things to look out for. So according to the DSM, these are some things that we look out for um, if we suspect or are trying to diagnose uh, a kid in therapy in regards to anxiety. So as far as other diagnoses, because obviously the DSM has everything in it, um, we'll maybe get to that in other episodes, but for now we're just looking at anxiety. So these are the different types of anxiety that we see um, and that are in the DSM. There's generalized anxiety, social anxiety, selective mutism, 
panic disorder, agoraphobia, specific phobias, and separation anxiety. So each anxiety disorder has its own symptoms and classifications, um, but if we had to kind of summarize all the points of anxiety disorders as a whole, um, these are the main components that we see. Yeah, so we're going to focus more on some of the generalized anxiety symptoms yeah. that you typically see when kids are presenting with anxiety, unless they have a very specific, m- more severe form of anxiety, like such as OCD or selective mutism. But the general things that to look out for is excessive worry when they have fears about separating. And like we said last time in our first episode, that can be a normal road bump of a child's life, not wanting to separate from school. I imagine some of you have had some tearful mornings now that the reality of school is hitting in. But if it's really excessive, if it's starting to be school refusal, um, they're not able to calm themselves down once they get to school, really seeking assurance, reassurance, from a parent asking a lot of questions. Well, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? What's going to happen next? Um, Asking like they are very concerned about having to have all the details and information. If they're expressing worried thoughts in a big one, probably I think one of the biggest things that I hear about and see about is those physical complaints. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, again, kids say, my tummy hurts or I don't feel good. My head hurts. And that can be a big red flag for I'm feeling anxious and worried. Um, Another one, just a lot of difficulty controlling the worry. It seems so big and this really monumental feeling that is really impacting your child. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing about anxiety is, you know, it's the absence of control where the kid just Mm -hmm. feels like they don't have control of anything and the biggest thing is the worry that they don't have control about. So, you know, that caused them to feel really nervous or um, restless. You know, they might be kind of fidgety and, um, you know, as we get into more of these symptoms, you'll start to maybe see like, oh, this sounds a lot like ADHD kind of and that is really a disorder that obviously is a hot button thing that comes up a lot. Um, You know, we think kids have a lot of ADHD and in reality, they might just have a lot of anxiety that is underneath the surface. Um, But that's maybe something we can get to um, a little later. Um, We touched a little bit on that fight, flight, or freeze response. And I think one thing that parents, teachers, anybody that interacts with kids doesn't always necessarily know about Mm -hmm. is that that fight response isn't looking like my kid's going to punch me in the face. But (laughs) maybe it's not so much physical fighting, but it's a lot of irritability, a lot of tantruming, a lot that anger response or having a really big meltdown in the grocery store or a really big, um, they're lashing out at you when you're taking them to school. It can look very much like an anger response. Exactly. And, you know, kind of going back to maybe the freeze response could be, you know, them having difficulty concentrating or staying focused. You know, maybe they're um, zoning out basically or having their brain kind of, you know, basically shut down in a way that doesn't allow them to stay focused in school. Um, So that's a a big one that we notice um, with anxiety. 
Um, and also difficulty sleeping. I know that's um, an episode that we're gonna do on its own, um, but um, any changes in sleeping patterns can be something to look for. Yeah, kids might see my body hurts. You know, they're feeling their anxiety very physically, and so they've kind of been keyed up and, and on edge all day or um, during the night, and so they are very fatigued and they um, their muscles might feel tight or tense. So we're talking about some generalized anxiety but we do want to touch on one different specific type of anxiety, the phobias, um, and that's a very specific intense fear of something specific, such as a certain object. You know, I sometimes hear a lot of kids are very afraid of bees, yes. or very phobic of bees, or um, a situation like going to the dentist or the doctor or having to get a shot, or this is another very common um, anxiety disorder that I see in kids and teens is social anxiety, which they are um, very afraid of social interaction or social situations. They are very nervous about not knowing if somebody's there, who they can Mm -hmm. talk to, group projects at school, going into the classroom at school, who am I going to sit with, being overwhelmed in groups. And we'll talk about this. All of these are different things that as therapists we're paying attention to and ruling out, you know, is this anxiety? Are there symptoms of ADHD? Are they being overwhelmed by sensory Mm -hmm. things going on? But these are good places to start to um, start to see if there's anxiety going on and, um, you know, the really classic symptom of anxiety is panic attacks. Right. Right, exactly. So that can feel really scary to have a panic attack, especially for a kid, because um, you pretty much feel like you're dying, um, like you're having a heart attack um, or you can't breathe. Um, So that may even manifest into, you know, having the fear of having panic attacks, which is actually, you know, kind of a subset of this um, disorder. So, um, you know, you can have shortness of breath, chest pain, feeling dizzy, sweating, shaking, and this can come on all of a sudden, even without any kind of trigger. So, as you could imagine, I mean, as adults, we've heard the term panic attacks. We maybe, you know, kind of know what to look for. But as a kid, that can feel extremely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what that's like to go through for, for a really little kid. So we can definitely, you know, help your kids with that. Um, so basically all these symptoms here, they impact kids in their daily lives. Um, mostly, you know, for most days during the week. So it's not just kind of a one-time kind of thing and then it never happens again. It has to be pretty much Um, reoccurring um, and you notice it impacting other parts of their life you know such as their grades may start dropping or maybe they have a lack of interest in school and maybe before they had a you know a bigger interest in school Um, or maybe there's a preoccupation or pressure to perform in academics like this um, perfectionism kind of uh, uh, trait that that seems to develop Um, Their social interactions may be decreased, their home life has changed, their community involvements, you know, participation in sports or church or other areas that maybe they used to be involved when they they don't want to anymore. Um, So those are really big things to look for. And a lot of times parents are really afraid to ask their kid about 
feelings. Mm-hmm. And that, especially about feelings that we might label as negative feelings. You know, all feelings are just feelings, but there are some that we are maybe a little bit less likely to want to have conversations about with kids. But don't be afraid to ask your child, you know, are are you feeling really worried about this? Or, um, you know, it's it looks like you're feeling really nervous. Um, yeah, it's help okay. to label the feeling. Yeah. Yes, helping to give kids those those words to express themselves and validating, normalizing. I, we can't speak enough yeah. to the power of validation. And there's this really great, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, um, there was this picture of a mother and child um, and their brains lighting I saw up. That. That, I thought that was such that a powerful That was a really cool picture. image. We'll have to repost it on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. Of how when you validate and that attachment mm-hmm. and that the connection, connection, how it lights up and it kind of mirrors mm-hmm. those that was really parts cool to of see. the brain together. So just simply saying that to your child, wow, it looks like you're feeling pretty worried about this. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. right here with you. Yeah, just the attunement mm-hmm. and attachment and how that was physically shown. It's almost like we can't deny this, you know, this brain interaction mm-hmm. anymore so that was yeah I'm glad you brought that up that was really yeah. cool to see and anxiety so many times you know we we specialize in kids and we love that's our passion and our heart is to work with kids and teens but oftentimes you we often hear from adults mm-hmm. as well that they can really pinpoint that their anxiety started in childhood and the you know so as parents with when you're parenting kids um, it's such a great opportunity, again, to the earlier you can um, support your child, giving them the message that it's okay to talk to somebody about their big feelings, who they trust, and um, the more they can be helped and really learn those lifelong skills and establish healthy coping skills, which just leads to greater health and well-being for your child and your family. And it, it really normalizes that when you're upset, you can talk honestly about it with somebody who is safe and cares and that will just stick with them forever. Absolutely. Um, so kind of getting into the second part of our episode, how can you help your anxious child? Um, so even if they don't have diagnosable levels of anxiety, um, it's still so important to find ways to help your kid manage their worry. Um, so meeting with a therapist is, of course, ideal and necessary, you know, if your kid's anxiety is impacting, you know, the various different areas of their life that we talked about. Um, but in the majority of the kids that, you know, Lauren and I have met with, um, their anxiety is very treatable mm-hmm. and you know really can be managed with these coping skills and strategies um, sometimes medication might be needed um, but of course we'll you know refer to you know the nurse practitioner about that um, but a hundred percent of the time I've seen you know the parents they're desperately trying to help their kids um, and it, it comes from a place of love and wanting to really help um, but they're unsure exactly what to do and what changes really need to be put in place yeah. so a lot of times when kids and their parents walk into my office for the first time they're just really desperate for that anxiety to be gone yeah for it to be eliminated for this to no longer be a part of their life make it go away (laughs) they want you like if there was that magic wand that I could weave and make it go away a hundred percent they everybody that's our million dollar idea exactly (laughs) um but actually the goal isn't to get rid of anxiety completely you know, anxiety actually is very beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that you have this 
really important project that you're working on for school and you know some of your anxiety fuels your desire to do really well on that project I tell kids you know it it motivates you if you had zero anxiety zero care about this project it might be really difficult to actually put in your best effort on it so anxiety actually again it it helps us strive to do our best. So the goal is not to get rid of anxiety and make it disappear. The goal is really how to manage it, how to adapt, some more acceptance, um, and just learning to accept that life, look, life has uncertainty, <laughs> life has troubles. Um, we, we, are not promised, <laughs> we are not promised that we are going to have an easy, carefree life by any means. And we can't control every little thing that happens in a given day. Yeah, I always ask kids, I'm like, do you have a crystal ball that I don't know about? You know, because they're trying to predict the future and trying to almost control what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, life is full of uncertainty. So, yeah, I think a lot of times that. kids really want anxiety to go away completely, mm-hmm. but it. It's not going to, um, but there's hope in that, in that you can learn skills to, whether it's through some more acceptance mm-hmm. based skills or coping skills to like mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, basically, we want you to kind of stop reassuring your kid um, in the ways that we've mentioned, but also telling them, you know, don't worry or it will be okay. Um, you know, that really doesn't help an anxious kid. So, providing that relief or reassurance is often, you know, an instinct of a parent or caregiver. Um, and while it may help kind of in the short term, you know, relief, you know, temporarily, it won't effectively manage the anxiety in the long term. Um, So here's like a typical scenario we might hear. Um, Say the kid's afraid of the dark or afraid of monsters in their room and the parent reassures the kid by checking the various parts of the room and tucking the kid back in bed. Um, And the parent says, you know, don't worry, good night. The kid might feel comforted and then maybe they'll go right to sleep, you know. Um, But in an anxious kid, the scenario typically ends a little differently. Um, The kid might lay there in bed, their worry is circling and in their mind and potentially maybe their parent missed a spot or maybe their parent's wrong and, you know, the parent didn't check the room the right way. And the worry will consume the kid's brain and they'll have difficulty sleeping and the worry will persist and the cycle continues on and on and on. And then, you know, they'll feel tired. They'll feel fatigued the next day at school. And then maybe they're not focusing or they're getting easily frustrated or irritable. Um, and, you know, it basically all the things that they thought they could control are going wrong. So uh, feel feel stressed just hearing that. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's. Just imagine how how tired and exhausted and depleted that kid is of of thinking all those, that just constant loop. You know, you're feeling like you're on that that upside down roller coaster that's just going and going and going and it doesn't end. And, um, you know, that's just an example of how things could potentially play out. But, you know, of course, that's not always typical. So I love books. One of Mm -hmm. my favorite books to teach kids this concept is called Don't Think About Purple Elephants. Oh, yeah. So, Allie, if I I say pink elephants, yeah, yeah. but I love that. So if I told you, Allie, or listeners out there, whatever you do, don't think about purple elephants. Don't think about purple elephants going to the beach. Don't think about purple elephants dancing in pink tutus. Don't think about big purple elephants. Don't think about tiny baby purple elephants. 
really? What are you thinking about right now? I'm thinking about a purple elephant like laying on the beach with a drink right now. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so you just can't help but think about purple elephants when somebody tells you not to think about that thing. Mm-hmm. But it really hit home for me of how often we tell kids, well, don't think about that. Don't think about monsters in your room. Mm-hmm. Don't think about that test that you have at the end of the week. Yeah. Don't think about that problem that you're having with a friend. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And really what that does is they that kind of gets that loop going. It gets that it spiral. Feeds yeah. It feeds it. And so helping them to, I just love this book. Um, it does it in a really playful way about this little girl who is having a very difficult time going to sleep at night. And she has, you know, her mom tells her before she goes to sleep, tonight, don't think about purple elephants. And she just has all these sweet dreams of purple elephants. And I think that can be a really helpful and also bring in a really playful, we talked about some of that attachment with a parent, you know, playful, even silly thing that maybe you say to your kid as they're going out the door to school in the morning, okay, today, you know, don't think about those blue monkeys. Yeah. You know, so it just brings in that playfulness rather than getting them fixated on that, that worry loop. I love that. And I think we'll share that book also on the Facebook page and some other books that we really highly recommend and actually use in session um, with our kids because I think just the more we get out um, the resources that are helpful um, to families to use with their kids, I think, yeah, that's that's the best. Yeah. So another tip is learning about worry and talking to your kids about worry and discovering some effective ways to manage it. So what does that look like, Allie? So basically when you're talking to your worry, you're kind of making it into a creature. And um, I've gotten... Uh, a lot of resources and there's lots out there about creating your worry creature but this is something I always do with all my kids that um, experience anxiety Um, and it incorporates play art creativity imagination into the treatment process for anxiety Um, so it's actually a really effective way to help kids think about their worry in a different way that kind of you know externalizes it from their mind so it, it just helps them feel more confident when they're they're talking to it basically I love that because I think when kids are struggling with anxiety, it becomes somewhat of their whole identity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when it's such a big, it feels like this big part of them, it doesn't feel like they can work through it or problem solve or fight against it. But when you externalize it and you give it a picture or a a name, name, you know, then they feel like they can just go to battle with this and, and really, you know fight against this anxiety yeah. and talk back to it. And just externalizing it is a very powerful way to reduce anxiety. Absolutely. And I've, I've reminded kids, you know, we're not trying to necessarily get rid of this worry creature. Um, we're just trying to make it maybe a little smaller or maybe it's in the background. It's not the boss yeah. of us. It's, you know, kind of hanging out maybe on our shoulder or behind us. And I've even had kids who want to be friends with their worry creature, which I think is just adorable yeah. and cute and also really effective for them. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't always have to be this bad, scary thing. Yeah, and I love that too because oftentimes we talked a little bit about how when you're fighting against something that can actually make it grow, but a little mm-hmm. bit more of an acceptance-based strategy for kids is, oh, hey, you know, maybe they named their worry anxiety monster yeah. Bob. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, hey, Bob. Yep, I knew you were going to show up with me today. Mm-hmm. I figured that you'd probably be here. Yeah. Um, I yeah. see you. I feel you. But I know it's just you. I know it's all those false alarms going off in my body. Exactly. So, Bob, you know, you're just, 
you're not going to bother me today. Yeah, I know just you're come here, along for but the just ride. come along, yeah. and I got this. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, another effective way is to help your kid emotionally regulate themselves. Um, so maybe there's times where they're just not in a headspace to talk to their worry. Maybe they just need to regulate their body. Um, so an effective way to do that is um, a grounding exercise. And, um, you know, this is good just for any person, really, mm-hmm. um, using all five of your senses. So sight, sound, touch, smell, taste. Um, we all remember those from when we were kids, mm-hmm. um, just to help them get back to their baseline levels. Um, so basically, you can find five things that you see, four things that you hear, three things to touch, two things you can smell, and one thing to taste. So I've even had kids create their own little grounding kit or calm down mm-hmm. kit, whatever you want to call it, um, and keep it in a special place at home or maybe in their backpack, um, just so that they have all those tools to be able to, to ground themselves. I love that because I really feel like it starts to address both the brain and the body in that moment. Yes. You know, you're using your brain to bring you right here in that moment by using all your senses, but you're also using your senses. So it's a very body-based strategy as well of whether that is through smelling something or touch um you know that brain body connection can be really powerful absolutely so yeah the emotional regulation piece um i think that's really really big right now um you know just to manage the fight flight freeze response in general um when they experience this increased anxiety um, so basically, in the interest of time, you know, we like we to talk be, about anxiety. I know, forever and we really just scratched the surface. <laughs> really, like we were reviewing our notes for this episode, and we were like, "Wow, there's so much more we want to talk about." So that's why um, we're going to do a two part, maybe even th- you know, three part, you know, uh, series on anxiety. Um, but we're really excited because we're actually I'm um, going to a, a workshop together, road trip to New Hampshire. <laughs> so we're going to be in New England in September, which just sounds like sounds gorgeous. so amazing. Yes. So um, we're actually in the process of both becoming um, certified clinical anxiety treatment professionals, um, specifically for um, children and adolescents. Um, so this workshop is, is you know, helping us to um, earn kind of uh, those credits and the ability to um, essentially call ourselves that. <laughs> but regardless, we just have a passion and, and interest in treating kids with anxiety. So, um, so we're just excited to learn more. Um, our favorite favorite anxiety guru, Lynn Lyons, um, is hosting this workshop. Um, she's a psychotherapist and um, licensed clinical social worker from New Hampshire. So um, we're just super excited for that. Yeah. So we just couldn't limit the amount of information that we wanted to share with you all. Like we said, this is such an epidemic. It's something that so many kids, teens, families are facing every single day. And so, and it's a topic and specialization that we both feel really passionately about. And so what we'd like to do is to do a second part of this um, anxiety episode and we'll have even more cutting edge information and tools and tips and strategies to share with you all and we just can't wait to keep talking about this topic because it's something that we think is so important. Absolutely. So just on one final note, um, you know, anxiety is often felt, you know, a lot in the, the other members of the family too, including the parents. 
Um, so, you know, if you feel like your child's not alone, maybe you can even do some of these skills and strategies that we've talked about today um, and just kind of involve the, the whole family in it. Oh, I love that. I think that's so powerful to, to model as a parent um, using those strategies and naming how you're feeling and doing it all together as a family. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and um, we look forward to another episode next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.